This is WJR's Business Biography. Now here's your host, Jeff Sloan. Welcome to Business Biography. I'm your host, Jeff Sloan. When we think of business success today, we tend to think of high tech, going public, venture capital, get in and out, skyscraper, corner office, make a killing, find the angle, create a revolution, and boom, done, business success. And certainly the stories that make us think that way are amazing. How do they do it? But underpinning the American economy are heartland business success stories, family businesses supporting generations and contributing to the overall good of the communities in which they're based and the customers which they serve. Businesses built on the fundamentals of hard work, delivering a quality product every time, and always putting the customer first. Such is the story of today's feature on Business Biography, the amazing success story of Hamilton's Propane, a business headquartered in Ortonville, Michigan, serving the rural customer base throughout Southeast Michigan by delivering propane, fuel, to heat their homes and power their stoves when there is no natural gas option available to them. Joining us on today's show are two generations of the Kraft family, the family who owns and operates Hamilton Propane. Bob Kratt, the patriarch who got it all rolling, and his twin sons who have now joined him to lead the company. Guys, welcome to Business Biography. First, tell us about the propane business. What are you selling and who buys propane? So we uh, supply propane for people for home heat, their water heaters, pool heaters, stove, when they're in an area that doesn't have natural gas supply readily available. We also fill a ton of barbecue tanks. You know, customers will bring in their propane 20-pound tanks for home barbecue use, which is a huge part of our business as well. So you're filling and selling those 20-pound tanks that we find at every gas station outside and so on, right? But you're also filling bigger tanks that exist on the property right at the home site or the business. Yep. And you're filling those, and that's how people get their energy source to power the things you just mentioned. Yep. So are you considered a distributor, right? Yeah, we're a distributor. Yep, I would consider us that. Okay. And as a distributor, tell us about the daily life of Hamilton's propane. What's a day in Hamilton's, Hamilton's propane's life look like? A day in our lives, we just come into the office and, you know, a lot of the guys start off with their coffee and they, they organize their tickets. They talk about their routes. They route the tickets together to be the most efficient they can be for the day. Questions are asked from the younger guys, some guys that have been with us since day one, that they could tell you how the driveway looks for these, some of these homes, you know, that have been with us for 20 to 30 years, some people, right? There's a lot of strategy and there's a lot of value to these older guys that uh, know exactly what they're doing to help out with these younger kids. A lot of our stuff will come into play with ordering tow trucks to pull out. A lot of the acts, a lot of logistical stuff is what Jason and I deal with in the back office. Problems, customer complaints. Fixing equipment, buying new equipment. All the joys of owning a business, right? Yeah. All all the glamorous things that a business owner gets to take part in. The stuff behind the scenes. The stuff behind the (laughs) scenes that most people never see. They just see the big shiny success story and they don't know all that goes beyond behind it. Uh, And you guys got to keep the machine rolling, obviously. So we're trying. uh, You're trying. So let me ask this Are you actually, as a distributor of propane, Hamilton's propane, are you guys actually buying the propane and storing it in your facility, then shipping it out? Or do you buy it and then? Drive it direct to the customer. That's a good question. We use um, two different suppliers, the wholesalers that buy over 500 million gallons a year. So they have good buying power. So we get product here in Michigan. 
and we also get it across the border. So we have three to four different places that we get product from, sometimes even Chicago. We have upwards of 270,000 gallons of storage, which as a percentage basis, I'd, off the top of my head, I don't know what that, but we do about 7.5 million gallons a year. So 270,000 gallons of storage is uh, not adequate for- it, it, can, it can go pretty quick. It yeah. can go in three or four days in the middle of winter. Right. Is propane, when you guys are handling it, gas or liquid at that point? It's a liquid. We pump it in, as, into the tanks, into their pigs at their homes, into a liquid. The pigs being the moniker <laughs> yeah. in your in your yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. industry yeah. And, and, for the and, tank. Yes. Not that we would consume too much of it. We would call those our friends. <laughs> You're not calling your customers. <laughs> that's our slogan. Those are your that's friends. Slogan, that's right. Those are, our friends warm. <laughs> that's right. So, so, it go, so it goes in the pigs, that being the tanks at the customer's uh, location. Yep. So the vapor, that's what they burn, is the propane vaporizes, and then they burn that. So it stays in the tank at the home as a gas, then vaporizes, moves through the pipe to wherever it's going, the fireplace, the furnace. Yep. And that's how it's consumed. Where does propane come from? Well, it's a byproduct from natural gas, and it's also a byproduct from crude oil. Right now, most of the propane used in the United States, I believe, is, um, is, is being a byproduct of natural gas lately with all that shale gas going on. So the natural gas is sourced out of the ground by somebody, and then propane is actually manufactured or produced at some location, right? Yeah, and that's why propane will always be a little bit more expensive is because the transportation costs associated with it. To really dive into your question, too, is natural gas and, and propane, they'll blend to accommodate the prices. So with propane being a higher BTU content, if prices of propane are down, they'll actually keep more parts of propane in with natural gas to help keep prices down, right? That's interesting. So you can modify the blend a little bit in order to keep the prices competitive. Exactly. And, that, and likewise with propane, it can have some parts of uh, some natural gas in it as well. Why does a customer choose propane? There's several reasons. If you got a pool out back at your house, it's pretty easy for us to set a tank right there and get the uh, service started. Service. We're very good with service. If a customer calls, they're getting somebody on the phone right away. They're not calling a natural gas company and waiting 10 minutes to speak to somebody. BTU content's good. At the end of the day, there are a lot of customers that are in rural areas that don't have access to natural gas that might want it. And then the people that even do have access to it, their driveway might be long enough to where it's not cost effective for them to run their, you know, to pay to run the natural gas line to their home. It could be ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 for a hookup. So if they use 800 to 1,000 gallons a year, it would take 10 years plus for them to pay off their investment. And I would imagine that most of your customers are in rural areas. You guys are based in Ortonville. That's the headquarters of Hamilton's Propane. And you service customers in and around that area. How far do you guys, you know, what is your territory? Well, any given location we have, we like to say we'll go out 60 miles. We have Howell, we have Ortonville, we have Fenton, which is a neutral location. We have Saginaw and Otisville. So if you look at uh, from, you know, Saginaw, we'll go 60 miles to the west, north, northwest. Then you bring it back to the northeast towards Otisville. They're kind of commingling the two offices as far as uh, how we take care of the customer. They can both help each other out. And that's kind of how we strategically placed our company is to have a square. And then we have a middle fill station in Fenton where all of our trucks can kind of go to fill to help keep the process flowing. Are there territorial rights granted to your company by anybody, or is it just that's where you've staked your claim and established your customer base, and they love you and you love them, and those are our customers, and that's our territory? That's a great question, because that's, that's what creates the competitive market we have and which keeps mm -hmm. prices down and companies fair. 
Exactly right. There's no territorial rights. It's just a pure competition. Who has the best price, who has the best service, who takes care of their customers the best. And that's, that's our goal is to do just that. You know, I, I want to tell you that uh, we did a little research on you guys before you came in. To tell your story, and you know what we heard over and over and over again—that was that you guys provide a supreme level of customer service. That it's the relation—it's a relationship business. I mean, if you guys don't do your job and keep their tank full, their house goes cold in the winter. You know, correct. Uh, and so they're really—you de- know—your customers are really depending on you guys to be there for them. And once you've got that relationship in place, you guys. You know, I, I happen to know you guys a little bit, and everything we've heard is consistent with my own impression. You guys are good guys, great guys. You do a good job providing good customer service. You're there. You're on it. You're responsible and accountable. And that really is what, to your point about the territorial rights, that's what, in effect, gives you those de facto territorial rights. Right, exactly. I just want to tell a quick story about that in customer service. We have a customer that goes through, like, 200 gallons a year, which, at the end of the day, we make zero money on. And he has a long asphalt driveway and on our back of our contract states, we need to have accessible means to get to the tank. And, you know, the driveways do get bad at times. And, and, you know, this particular driveway, uh, you know, we busted up a little portion of it, but the whole thing was busted up. I ended up paying two grand to fix this guy's driveway, which I'll never make that back. But bottom line is he's going to talk highly of us. And that's how you're going to make it back. That's how we're going to make it back. In effect. But you did it because, you know, I, I have a feeling you felt bad that it happened. You knew it was the right thing to do. You guys knew you did it. It's your nature. It's your character, and that's the difference. Listen, guys, we're going to run to a quick break. When we come back, we're going to tell the story of the origins of your family company, Hamilton's Propane, right here on Business Biography. Welcome back to WJR's Business Biography with your host, Jeff Sloan. Welcome back to Business Biography. I'm your host, Jeff Sloan. How does a company get started that serves now tens of thousands of accounts and by any measure is a major business success story? A company like that gets started by grandma, of course. That's right, granny, as she's affectionately referred to. And then you have your son join you to gut it out over years of hard work to make it go and make it grow to the level of success that the family that owns and operates it enjoys. That business, Hamilton's Propane. The now three generations of family members that own and operate the business, the Kratt family. Joining us today on Business Biography is the patriarch, Granny's son, Bob Kratt, and his two twin boys, Jason and Jeremy. Guys, take us back to the genesis of the company, the early days, and tell us how the company got formed I have to ask, did Granny really start this business? And if so, how in the world did she make that happen? Picking up the story now, Bob Kratt. Well, back in the uh, early 80s when the oil business was flourishing really, really well, there was a lot of jobbers, meaning companies of our side all around the area, and pretty much everybody heated with uh, heating oil. And the customer base we had were really dedicated to us, and they became friends. And they'd call up and ask us. I said, hey, you know, we got to go to propane. This oil's too expensive. Who would you recommend? So, I mean, we were constantly recommending two of the companies that were in our area. So, I mean, that went on for like two or three years, and we thought, man, let's uh, do some research and let's try to get into this and uh, do it ourselves. I mean, we know how to deliver product. We just got to find out how to buy it and how to store it and how to distribute it and 
that's kind of where it all took place. Is the idea started about in 85, 86, and then 88 is when we got it rolling. My dad was a police officer. My mom was a worked for an attorney. Uh, she was a legal secretary. She did a lot of other things, and she had to stay busy all the time. And this business came available for sale and for a very small price. It was a real small little business, and she liked it, and they knew the people that owned it, so they purchased it. It was basically something for my mom to do. Well, I was off to college. I wasn't sure exactly what I was going to do. I went to Ferris State. I was actually was playing baseball there for them for a little bit of time I was there. And the driver that they had at the time got a, a DUI, and they called me up on a Saturday. So asked me if I wanted to you know, leave college and come home and drive. And I, we actually went and got a quarter keg of beer and sat and watched college football Saturday afternoon. And that was gone. I was with all my buddies, and I started packing up. And they said, what are you doing? They didn't think I was going to leave, but I packed up and headed south back home. And uh, that's where it all started. That would have been in 79. Yeah, our grandfather, he bought the um, fuel store for grandma, and he was close to retirement. That was his goal. But, um, you know, he passed away just shortly before his retirement. And that's why grandma really took the reins and was so active. Or was she always active? No, she she loved customer service. She As soon as they got that business, it fit for her. That was her thing. She was great with customers. She probably was the main reason why we're here today. She was the first one in, last one out every day. Let me ask you this. When you had an opportunity to talk with your grandma about the business or observe her in the business, did you get the sense she had a command over what she was doing or was she saying, what do I do today when I wake up? No, oh, no absolutely. absolutely. I worked with grandma and she was actually tougher than my dad. She's had several employees quit. She wasn't unfair. She wasn't unfair at all. She just commanded respect and, and good customer service. And sometimes people need that. And when you say she had employees quit, you're saying she had employees quit because she was tough to work for because she was so demanding and exacting about getting it right. You're offering a service for heat. It's essential. It's not something that you can slack on. If somebody calls you, you got to get them that day. So if you don't make the grade, you're out. That's it. Frankly, you're out as an employee, but worse yet, you guys would be out as a, having that account. Yeah. And that, that's why they're so it's so important to be on that. You know, the customers really like the service that my dad and my grandma provided. So as propane became popular and people wanted to start switching to it to save money and have a higher efficiency furnaces, they started asking my dad and grandma to, to you know, get into propane. It was, it was a tough decision for them. Our grandma didn't really want to do it because, you know, the investment cost. But um, our dad, he said, look, we got to do it. And um, first year they set it up, they thought it'd be good to have 50 customers. They ended up setting up 350 propane tanks the first year. That was a good, strong company for quite a while. The grain did well, and uh, so did actually fl like flowers, believe it or not. But then we had a uh, local company, Wojo's, opened up, and that took that portion of the business. A couple uh, grain companies opened up, and that took that more portion of the business. And, and roughly what year are we talking about at this point in the So, so Wojo's opened up probably in, uh, in the early 90s. Then fast forward into the 2000s, you had Tractor Supply and you had Pet Supply Plus open up, which pretty much eliminated a lot of our grain profit side of the company. And uh, right now it's doing pretty good with construction business, diesel. There's a lot of construction going on and we sell a lot of diesel to those contractors. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's doing rather well again. And when you refer to these stores, Tractor Supply and so on, as opening up, you mean they opened up as accounts for you, or are you saying they opened up and became competitors to you? Yeah, they opened up and became competitors to us. Yeah, right in, our, right in the hometown there, we got Tractor Supply and Pet Supplies Plus. It kind of eliminated the grain business from our company. And that pushed a further focus or sole focus onto the propane. Yes. Yes. And over the years, we've had a lot of uh, learning with diversification. 
back in 2015, propane went rather high and it was pretty easy for uh, natural gas to push their product. And there was a huge expansion in, in Ortonville. We lost upwards of 1,500 accounts, which equated to roughly 1.5 million gallons. We were humming right around 5.5 million gallons when that happened. It was a big hit, but Jason and I did a lot of expansion, diversification, which brought us more into rural areas that are more protected long-term. And we got into uh, some storage units after that as well. Our propane counts are spread out now instead of, we were so focused in the town of Ortonville that, you know, when they came in and run the natural gas lines, I mean, we, we had probably 95% of the customers in Ortonville, so we lost a substantial amount of clients. But now we're spread out over just, you know, such a large area. You said 60 miles from our Ortonville store, but we also go 60 miles from Howell. We go 60 miles from Saginaw and 60 miles from Otisville. So, I mean, we're in Pinconning. You know, we're all, almost all the way over to, uh, to Richmond. We're over there by Ithaca and Ann Arbor, Dexter, South Lyon. A lot of traveling. You know, it's clear from grandma to your dad, now to you guys, there's entrepreneurial DNA in the family. Where does that come from? Probably watching our dad. It's, it's what we're born to do. It's fun. It, you know, we, we uh, love our employees. We treat them like family. Like Jeremy said, we have several employees that have been with us for almost 30 years, you know, if not more. It's just what we enjoy to do. How many employees at the company today? We have 50 now. Yeah. Wow. And how many trucks on the road? 13 bobtails. If it's cold, we'll be running 13 bobtails in one time. Three service trucks and uh, two fuel oil trucks. Roughly how many accounts? We're at about 10,000 accounts now. 10,000 <laughs> accounts. Yep. yep, yep. This is no backyard little business. No, it, it's a lot. It's pretty exciting and humbling. And it's, uh, it's, it's it, like Jason said, it's, it's fun. But it's what our parents did. You know, they built up a trust with these customers and, and you know, we've and built a name. You know, so we offer a pre-buy every year. So we, we buy gas through the summer when it's cheap. And when we do that, we offer it up to our customers. Hey, you know, here's a great price. Buy it now. The prices go up in the winter like they, like they do most of the time. These customers are guaranteed that price for how many gallons they bought. It's a great service and it's a great trust that they have on us that we're going to fulfill that obligation. But we've been doing it for so many years that it's just second nature. Something that may be foreign to others is, as Jason said, just second nature to a winning entrepreneur. When we come back on Business Biography, you'll hear how that second nature is on overdrive at Hamilton's Propane as the leadership of this company begins to take it to higher levels of success and how Bob and his two sons run this company as a committee of three. Welcome back to WJR's Business Biography with your host, Jeff Sloan. Welcome back to Business Biography. I'm your host, Jeff Sloan. Today featuring the story of Hamilton's propane owned by the Kraft family, we've got Bob and his two sons, Jeremy and Jason, with us today, sharing this amazing success story with us. Servicing 10,000 accounts with something as fundamental and critical as propane the fuel to heat homes and businesses comes as a big responsibility. Customer service, accountability, and going the extra mile. We're about to learn that the Kraft family does the little things in addition to the big things that are, in the end, the difference maker when it comes to growing a business to the level of success that they've achieved. You mentioned 10,000 active accounts. You know, if you were selling something which was non-critical, 
to those 10,000 active accounts. That'd be one kind of relationship. But this is something very different. This is as fundamental as uh, putting food on the table. They got to have it. To these families. So those are not just 10,000 accounts. Those are 10,000 families, 10,000 relationships that you guys need to interface with and manage successfully. That's a big job. Yes. And, you know, with you saying that, that responsibility, it brought up a thought here. Our employees every year, they donate a portion of their checks. And at the end of the year, we have a lot of customers calling and they need their gas. It's, it's critical to their survival, like you said. And they'll call up, they need gas and they don't have any money. Well, our, our employees are, are that thoughtful and that good of people that they donate out of their hard work and dollars and they put it into this fund and they, they actually donate to some customers in need. And then there's other services also that we've established great relationships that help out these customers as well. And that's something that we have to offer. That does not surprise me in the least, knowing you guys the way I do and hearing from your customer base as we have about who you are and the relationship they hold with you guys and the reason they do business with Hamilton's Propane. You know, values, character starts at the top and it permeates the ranks and you guys set the tone. You're picking the employees to hire. I have no doubt part of the hiring at your company is based on the quality of the people you're hiring, not just whether or not they can do the job. And that's part of why and probably a big part of why you guys are so successful. Now, guys, I want to learn how you got involved in the company formally and what your roles are at the company. Well, when we were 15 years old, our dad, you know, when we're getting ready to have a driver's license, our dad said, he opened a checkbook for us and said, you're working summers. So we, we sanded on propane tanks and painted them. So right from there, we started kind of learning what a propane tank should look like when it leaves our yard. Perfection. It needs to look good when it leaves and goes and sits in somebody's yard. We started in the summers. We both went to college for a couple years. You talk about the simple difference maker of making sure the propane tank looks good in the yard. That is a difference maker in business, one worth mentioning, because most of these propane tanks I see, they're these big, white, ugly tanks. You've got all your beautiful landscaping, this big, ugly, white propane tank. You guys try to make them blend in with the surroundings, and it's as simple as sanding the tank and painting it. Make it look good. The rusty, you know, junky-looking tank, you know, don't get me wrong, we, we have some tanks out there that could use some sanding and painting, but our goal is to make them, make them all look good. Are the tanks yours? We own most of the tanks. So when you sign an account, you deliver the tank, you own it, they use it while they have the tank on their property while you're servicing their account. Yes. Jason, pick it up back uh, right where you were at the summer job. Yeah, we were doing the summer work and, you know, learning how to fill small cylinders, learning how to sand and paint tanks. And, you know, and then we both went off to college for a couple of years and tried that out, but we, we noticed that dad just kept growing the propane business and just like his mom he offered us an opportunity to come back and work for him and and we did and you know we both got our cdls and i set propane tanks jeremy was at the fuel store for a while so i was learning the service end of the propane and then you know i got into some bobtail delivering when dad opened a new office in otisville i went up there you know, I was delivering gas out of that office. Then I got into setting mostly service after I delivered some gas for a couple of years. How old were you at this point? 23, 24. So post-college? Yeah. Yep. The office was open in 2000 and I did a lot of delivering of gas. And then, and then I got to the point where I started trying to manage the office and still do service at the same time. We have great employees that, that work out of that office now, and they kind of all manage themselves. They all do a great job, and they know the way that we want the business run, and they share that same value. Jeremy, tell us your story. 
So yeah, I, I started off at the uh, feed store when I was one year out of college and hauled a lot of grain for some home heat deliveries to help out, like pull the hose to the tank, that kind of thing. But uh, most of my job was hauling grain at that feed store for a couple years. That's a backbreaking job for anybody. Um, and uh, the best fit for that is younger guys. So I, I ended up moving to the propane store as well. I started doing some deliveries. Actually, when I was at the feed store, after hours, I would I would work sometimes from 5 to like 10 or 11 at even midnight, painting tanks after hours to help out on the propane side as well. So, But then, you know, like I said, I came over to the propane store, did, started deliveries, started learning service work, bottom up, basically, learning, you know, the business, how it works. And, you know, I think Dad had the plan, obviously, from those days to get us acquainted to all aspects of the business for us to uh, be where we are today. I have to ask this question. I'm not making a judgment. I'm only asking the question. Why'd you guys go to college? I was there to learn business management in hopes to come back and be where I am today, to be honest. So you were looking for an education that gave you a leg up to better be able to do your job. At the time that you went to college, Jeremy, were you thinking, I'm going to use that business degree and that, that education that I get at Hamilton's Propane? Or were you open to any other possibility at that time? I was slightly open, but I was, uh, I seen what they had going on and I, uh, I have a lot of respect for our family, my dad and my mom, and, and I, I wanted to be a part of it as well. They wanted me to be a part of it. I went to Northwood, um, and I was actually wanting to go out and, you know, be successful on my, on my own. I wanted to try to, you know, do something on my own. And I've always been under the impression that this industry wouldn't be around forever. I, you know, in school, you're taught that, well, you were going to run out of natural resources eventually. And, but then when you grow up, you mature, you see that, it, you know, that's a very long time away from happening. So the business was growing, and it was just a great opportunity for me. So you approached your dad, who was running the business at the time, and you said, each in your own ways, each in your own time, whenever that time was right, I want to work for the company. How does it go when a family member, is it like, okay, boys, here, come right in. Here's your corner office. You run the no. show. That's not the way it works, especially with your dad. Oh, no. Tell us how it does go. <laughs> yeah, there was a year that um, we set six tanks in one day. And there was one tank set was came in at like 3.30 in the afternoon, 4 o'clock they called, and they were out of gas. And, I, and I've already had, I already got five sets on my schedule. And this one's out in the North Branch area. And I said, you know what, I'll, I'll take it. So I, I, you know, I started the day at 7.30, 8 o'clock. I got home that night at 9, 9.30, you know. So that's the kind of what our dad expected. And, and that's, what, you know, we kind of grew into wanting to do it too. It was fun. That was, that was the most enjoyable part about, about the business is being hands-on, working in the field, and trying to grow it. Making a real contribution instead of just being the lucky boys with a silver spoon in your mouths, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, right? Earning it. And we worked hard to try to earn it. I still try to work hard to try to earn it, but now we're, we're making just bigger decisions, harder decisions. Now we're dealing with Homeland Security, and uh, we're on the Political Action Committee chair and co-chair, and uh, it's our jobs to uh, raise funds for, you know, our lobbyists to, A, ward off natural gas subsidized expansion. What that would mean would be city folks would be paying more on their uh, gas bills to help rural areas have natural gas. People that paid lower taxes and, you know, basically get free natural gas hookup, which... Which would cut into your... Cut into our profit, A, and not be fair... We just want a fair market, though. It's just that's the world. It should just be, you know, you grow your business. We're not asking for government handouts and, you know, the big companies, you know, consumers energy is. And you don't want to be beaten by a government handout. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. A fair level playing field. Correct. Yes. Uh, based on competition and based on what the market wants and needs. Yes. 
So um, let me, I have to ask now, you guys, the, the two of you plus your dad, Bob, Big Bob. Big yep. Bob. <laughs> Big yep. Bob. Yep. Uh, and I, 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 so tell me, what is it like? Well, first, what's the organizational structure now of the company between the three of you and, and, and anybody else worth that you should mention? Well, the three of us, me, Jeremy, and Dad, we get together for all the big decisions. Buying propane is is probably the biggest and the hardest decision. Buying gas for the you know winter, you, you asked a while back on how much we buy and where we store it. What we're doing is we're buying paper contracts to get us through the year, and you know those contracts are on a price curve, and when we're we're monitoring that and we're trying to buy it when we think it's the lowest, and we don't go and buy it all in one day. You know, you layer it in slowly so that you mitigate your risk on it. That's the hardest thing, buying equipment, working with the bank for the loans for the equipment. It just seems like more and more equipment that we're buying lately. We bought three bobtails this year. We're going to need a crane truck in the near future. We purchased the Howell property back three years ago, put a satellite out there with a 30,000-gallon propane tank for, you know, we got a driver that works out of there constantly now, working with him, making sure that he, he has everything he needs. We work closely, very closely together on big decisions. Father and twin sons, Bob Kratt, Jason, and Jeremy, working closely together, indeed they are, working closely and working effectively at that to build a great company together. When we come back, we'll hear more about the father and son's dynamic of how they work together so effectively to lead this great company. Back with more in a minute on Business Biography. Welcome back to WJR's Business Biography with your host, Jeff Sloan. Welcome back to Business Biography. I'm your host, Jeff Sloan. Today, featuring the story of Hamilton's propane. It's not a given that a father and his sons can work effectively together to lead a company, let alone two brothers working in harmony. But when it works, it's magic. So much so that no hierarchy is needed between the three of them and instead, they lead as a collective committee of three. Does it work? You bet it does. It does for Hamilton's propane. Picking the story back up now with Bob Kratt and his two sons, Jason and Jeremy. Is the company run by, would it be fair to say, committee then of the three of you? Yeah, you know, and amongst others, we have some really good uh, managers in place. You know, one one of them, of which is a friend of ours. Uh, another one is a guy that started from day one with dad. Uh, another one's a bobtail driver that has started with, with you know, from day one with dad. And, uh, and then our accountant who has started from day one. From there on down, our level of expertise is tough to beat. We have a lot of uh, experience in this industry. And what about the relationship between the two of you as brothers? You guys are true brothers in every sense of the word and everything anyone would think about a great brotherhood. You guys are great friends in addition. Oh, yeah. But you work together every day. And I would imagine yeah. you don't always agree on how to run the business. Well, back in our 30s, I would say that, you know, the arguments when we when we had disagreements, they were, you know, it was tougher then. Now, you know, we're getting into our 40s, and I think that we have disagreements, but we just come to level ground quicker and easier, and it's less stressful than what it used to be as far as when we disagreed. I would agree with that. It's pretty easy for us to move past an argument and disagreement and get on the same page. Bob, it's unusual for a company of this size to be run by a committee um, and, and even more so by a committee of a father and two sons. Is this indeed, from your perspective, the way the company is run today? They'd like to think that, but I've got the reins on them. You know, it's like uh, when you've been doing that for 40-some years, you just can't all of a sudden just let go of it. 
I've gotten to the point where I'm just getting a little tired and, and I, uh, you know, we have a lot of customer base and I have a lot of people that became friends over the years and, and trying to accommodate all of them on a regular basis. I just, it's consuming and it gets tires you out and it's just time for me to start spending some time with my grandkids and my wife and, uh, and that's kind of what we've been trying to do a little bit. But I'm still in touch every single day on the phone and, you know, doing what needs to be done as far as decision-making process. So you still have a lot of influence over the company, obviously, but you got to be proud of your two boys. They're doing a great job and they take real pride in the business and in their work. Yeah, it's definitely been great because I'll tell you, if, if they weren't able to do it and they didn't want to do it, my wife and I would have sold it quite some time ago. We get offers quite frequently, and but they're enjoying it. They're doing well with it, and I'm enjoying watching it grow and watching some of the new things that they're bringing into the picture, and uh, it's all going great. Yeah, they're great guys, beautiful families. you got to be really proud. Let me ask you this. Did you always have your eye on bringing them? Was it always kind of in the back of your mind, and it was your plan, I'm going to bring these guys into the business one day? Not really. They both went off to college. Uh, they were both athletes. One went off playing baseball for Northwood, and the other one, basketball at Saginaw Valley and kind of the same thing happened as time went on they you know just do conversations said hey uh you know I'm getting a little tired of school I don't know if this is what I want to do what do you think dad and I said well come on board if you want to so that's kind of the way it took place but as far as me anticipating that to happen I never did I never thought that the company would get as large as it has and uh it just all happened and it was a big part of them and the employees we have to I mean we stress to take you know, the customer uh, has to be treated just the way you want to be treated. And, and that's the way we operate. And Bob, you never wanted your sons to have the disposition and orientation that they were born with a silver spoon in their mouths. This was not an entitlement. This was a privilege to be able to come and work at the family company. And you wanted to make sure that they were ready and up for the challenges ahead. And so your approach was to be really demanding of them. Well, that's kind of what my mom did to me. I mean, you start at the bottom and you work hard and and you got to learn the ropes, the hard knocks. What it does to you, it makes you a better person. It makes you respect the business that much more when you started at the bottom and worked your all the way, you know, worked your way up. Now, guys, speaking of being a good person, I know that being a contributing member of your community has always been a big part of who you guys are and what's important to you. And you've always had a focus on giving back. Yes, very much so. We sponsor our kids. We sponsor our friends' kids. We try to give, give as much as we can. And uh, Lions Club, you know, charities, churches, churches that donate back to, you know, the heating community, you know, um, for uh, people in need of heat that we discussed earlier. You know, rarely do we ever say no. In fact, I, I don't know that I've ever said no to helping somebody out in our community when they needed it. Yeah, just like Jeremy said, we have sports, athletics that come in with flyers. And even if it's a $50 check, like Jeremy said, it's very rare that we turn one away. And our goal is every year to try to donate more, you know. If, um, but, you know, you, we do have to buy more equipment and we do want to put more money in our employees' pockets too. So it's a balancing act. So guys, I have to ask, is this a company that could have a price on it one day and be purchased? Or is this a company that's here to stay in the family for the long run with future generations of Kratz working on behalf of the company? It's here to stay. I have, and Jason I can, and my dad, have tremendous amount of respect for the people that have uh, got us to where we are today. And our goal is, like we said earlier, too, is to take care of them to the utmost of our ability. And, the, you know, I'd love to pass it on to my kids if they were ready to. And if not, maybe we'll uh, discuss an employee-owned uh, business going forward. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, I just couldn't see myself turning our back on our employees and selling it. It's too good of a business, too. It's just 
It wouldn't be worth it. It's too good of a business, and I would imagine a family-owned business like this, deeply embedded into the community, deeply embedded into your customers' lifestyles and the dependency they have on you. I would imagine that this is a really uh, feel-good kind of business, too. I mean, you go to work every day, you know you're doing something worthy, you know you're doing something important, and you're a big part of the community. That's got to feel good. In addition to making money and all the rest that comes with owning a business, it's got to feel good going to work every day. Watching some of our customers bring in the letters they bring in, they cook food, honey, they make maple syrup. Some people brew beer. They, they bring us these things, pizza. They, it's, it's amazing. That CNS, That's why the business is never going to be sold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All the goodies, they come along with it. <laughs> right. You can't give that up. Jason, did you want to add on? Uh, uh, no, I just echo what Jeremy said. You know, you, the customers appreciate our service, and that's our goal is to continue that on. So, guys, here you are. This amazing success story created by the hard work and toil of the three of you, plus all of the employees and team members who contributed, who believed in your vision, who bought in, who worked hard right alongside you guys and have created this incredible success. Did you ever dream that all of your hard work would lead to this level of success? No, I never, never, ever had any idea that would do this. I was just hoping that we could just make enough money to survive and just be able to raise a family. That's all I was hoping for. And look, you've done that in a whole heck of a lot more, but you're winding down in your own words. That's how you framed it. You're turning the reins over to these guys. You've taught them well. You've coached them. You've prepared them. They know the business. They're prepared to take over. They're two loving brothers. That's a beautiful thing. You know, their families are close. They're good friends. You've really not only set up a business that's got to make you feel a tremendous sense of pride that's very successful, but also the fact that you've set your family up. This business means more than business to you. This has made your dreams come true for how you wanted to live your life and the legacy you wanted to leave. As far as the business goes, I, I want my family, you know, my, my kids, my grandkids, my daughter-in-laws, I want them to all, um, it's great to have a business, it's great to make money, but that's not the purpose of it. The purpose of it is to become well-respected citizen within your community and do things for the people, you know, donate when you can, give back to the community, and then just be something that you can look yourself in the mirror and be proud of. Thanks for joining us today featuring the story of Hamilton's propane. Join us again next week for another inspirational business success story right here on Business Biography. Thanks for listening to Business Biography on the great voice of the Great Lakes, 760 WJR.